want to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where I bring on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at AskAdamTorres. Keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, all that other good stuff. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, MoneyMattersTopTips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Anton Martel on the line. He's the owner over at Martel Turnkey. Anton, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. So I'm excited to get into what you're doing over at Martel Turnkey. Um, real estate, uh, cash flowing properties, I mean, um, those are all really popular episodes uh, for the show. Um, and I want to get into how you're helping your clients. Uh, be- before we do that, though, let's get into your background a little bit more. How did you get started as an entrepreneur? Sure. So getting started as an entrepreneur, I think it started when I was about eight years old. My mom actually had a low-carb market, I guess you can call it. Low, it was called low-carb low health-bound market. And it was like mm-hmm. a tiny little Whole Foods, I guess you can say, and everything was low-carb. And, you know, when I was eight years old, I was working with my mom's um, product manager, I guess you can call them. We were stacking the shelves and placing items on the shelves, and I was really like an integral part of setting up that store and I was only eight years old and everybody was kind of looking at me like, what the hell this kid, you know, really, really, really likes to work and really likes to like, he really knows what he's doing and understands business and how business works and stuff like that. So I think that's when, you know, my parents and people around me kind of started to see that, okay, this, you know, this kid's a little bit unique and very entrepreneurial that led into, you know, later on a couple of years later, um, Every summer, me and my neighbor would go pick the pick the plums from his plum tree, put it in a wheelbarrow, and go sell it. Every single summer, that tree would be stripped of plums, and we would have all this <laughs> turn the plums into cash. Um, and then that led into later on when I, I think it was like 15 years old, and I made a mobile app, hired a developer in India to make the mobile app for me, put it on iTunes, and got 100,000 downloads in three months, um, which then led into me importing and exporting items from China, um, from Alibaba, and just doing, like, uh, retail arbitrage and white labeling stuff on, like, Amazon FBA. Um, so I would I would say I've been an entrepreneur my whole life, um, ever since I was a little kid. And really, my parents really, in, you know, helped me become a better entrepreneur by, you know, investing in my ideas or giving me loans to do certain things and really um, encouraging my, my behavior. Um, which was fantastic and really helped me, you know, even just as a little kid, just selling plums or something, it's still a business and you still have to, you know, pay people, you know, back for what they did. And there's like a lot, a lot of life lessons you can learn just from those small little, little uh, businesses that you start off as a kid. Um, and then that led into me getting into real estate. I got into real estate around four years ago when I was 19 years old. Um, me, my dad and my brother went to like a real estate conference we learned about flipping houses, um, and that kind of that's when real estate kind of took off for us, and we started really diving into to real estate and how we could um, invest in real estate. Wow, that's quite an amazing story, and and I love your tagline: "Turn the plums into cash." Come on, <laughs> <laughs> we started turning plums into cash. I'm in. Oh, well, we yeah, every that. summer. <laughs> that's awesome. I can see. Um, what a great group of friends too. I'm sure you had. Um, I growing up, I had some friends like that also that were like, "Okay, what's not, this, this summer? What are we gonna get into now? Yep. <laughs> are we gonna? Yep. Are we gonna think of something?" So that's great. Um, 
Um, so if you were, I, I know you're, um, you've been through many businesses and through these different businesses, obviously you have different experiences that teach you things. And, and the good thing about your experience, in my opinion, is that you've been in such a wide range of businesses. So you have a lot of different knowledge from different angles. Um, yeah. If you were talking to that, you know, Anton that was just getting started again, um, working on that first business, maybe not as a child, of course, but, you know, just in general, what kind of advice would you give him? Yeah, that's a good question. I wouldn't, of course, I mean, I can't say that I would go back and, like, and change anything that I did, but um, I would just tell myself to think a little bit bigger. Um, I think that if you're a little kid, I mean, everybody kind of always dreams and stuff like that, but then you kind of put those dreams into reality and you kind of check yourself and say, okay, Antoine, but hold up, you're, you're, you know, you're a 14 year old kid. You can't really make that much of an impact or you can't grow that big or, you know, this isn't a real business and this is just, you know, some little hobby that's not going to, you know, turn into anything. Um, so I think that that's the one piece of advice. I think that that like kind of slowed me down a little bit and, and not thinking um, big enough and wide enough kind of maybe stunted my growth for a couple of the companies that I started. Um, so that's what I would go back and tell myself. I think that if I had just thought a little bit bigger um, and really just tried to 10x what I what I had going on already, that I would have had a little bit more success with those companies starting up. But then again, I wouldn't go back and change anything that's happened. Yeah, definitely. And I and I get that not wanting to change because that's that's part of the journey. But that being said, thinking bigger is I think something that plagues a lot of entrepreneurs um, and and the thought process of of how can they take a business to the next level instead of maybe seeking out the right the right mentor or person that had done it that could have helped you to kind of think bigger. Um, they yeah. maybe they maybe they maybe pivot or go to another another project or something else. Um, has, has mentorship played a role in, in your um, in your progress? Absolutely, it has. Um, I would say that probably my biggest mentor throughout my whole life has been my parents, just because they were both entrepreneurs themselves. Just um, you know, we came from Canada in 2000, so my kind of my dad kind of had to hold a job in order for us to get citizenship here. So he was kind of an entrepreneur stuck in a nine to five. Um, and then, so my mom was kind of the entrepreneur and she was starting all these different companies in the food food space. So she even had like a sauce company growing up. She was featured in the New York Times for her food company and for being um, tech forward in her food company. She was one of the first companies to put like a QR code on a product and put it in a Whole Foods and people would like scan the QR code from her product. So that was kind of cool. So I would say that my parents are probably my biggest mentors. And then through college, there was a couple of uh, professors and advisors there at university that I would call my mentors as well, who kind of helped me think in a different light and um, really make made business more simple. Um, mm-hmm. And I am a very simple person in the way that I talk and describe things. So I think that, you know, having those mentors also through university to help kind of shape me into who I am today and the entrepreneur I am today. All right. I think that's a great transition. Let's talk about the entrepreneur you are today. So let's get into Martel Turnkey. Um, so what kind of clients are you helping and what kind of problems are you helping them solve? Yeah, love it. So the story of the company and how we kind of <laughs> turned into a turnkey company is, um, you know, my dad, like I said, has been working for the last 30 years because when we came to the States, we had to, he had to maintain a job to get citizenship. Um, four years ago, my dad, myself, and my brother, um, 
went to like a real estate conference, learned about flipping houses, all this kind of stuff. We tried it out for a year. Didn't really work out in California because we didn't have enough money. There was not enough deals, and it sucked to rent properties here because the laws were favoring the the tenants instead of the landlords. So we started networking, meeting all these people. Eventually, we kept hearing at all these networking events, like out-of-state, out-of-state, out-of-state rental properties. Um, and then that's kind of when we started doing the research on out-of-state rental properties. Um, I was my last year of university here at LMU in Los Angeles um, in 2017. And I didn't want to, I was about to graduate in a couple of months. I didn't want to work for anybody else. I wanted to work for myself and do my own thing. And I was like, I really need to figure out this real estate thing. Um, and so what I ended up doing was doing all this research on out-of-state rentals. I went to my dad, asked for 40000 bucks. We bought a rental property in Memphis, Tennessee, renovated it, rented it out, did a cash-out refinance, and pulled all the money out of it. Um, and then I went to my dad, and I was like, hey, I can keep doing this after graduating. Um, just pay for my rent, and let me see if I can figure this out. And I graduated in May. By the end of that year, May 2017, uh, December 2017, we had 10 rental properties in the family portfolio. Um, and I was like, okay, this is great. We just need to keep, you know, doing this. And then friends and family started reaching out to us asking, hey, can we grow a rental property portfolio with you guys out of state as well? And um, we kind of said, sure, we'll, we'll buy the property, renovate it, rent it out, and then we'll sell it to you. Um, with a tenant in place, we'll give you the property management company, we'll help you get financing, help you get insurance, and that's kind of how the turnkey company was born um, to where we are today where we, you know, do over 100 homes a year where we buy, rehab, rent, and then resell those properties to investors who are looking to invest in real estate with 20 grand or less, you can buy one of these rental properties that's cash flowing um, from day one and you get our whole team on the ground. Oh, that's great. Um, any trends that you're that you're noticing right now in uh, in your market? And I know you you operate in more than one, so you, you feel free to give a few. Yeah, um, there's a couple of different trends that are happening. Um, for example, in Cleveland, um, we're seeing a lot of the older generation from the steel industry actually leaving Cleveland, and there's mm -hmm. a younger kind of um, medical somebody in young professional in the medical space moving into Cleveland because mm -hmm. Cleveland Clinic headquarters is there. Um, there's a bunch of new Amazon warehouses that are being built, um, but Cleveland really has this health tech corridor due to the Cleveland Clinic headquarters being there. Um, so we're seeing a lot of young professionals, millennials moving in. Um, and when these people do move in, they're creating their own little neighborhoods because they can, you know, get a good job in the medical space, but they could rent out a really nice house for a thousand bucks a month or 1200 bucks a month. Um, and they're creating these cool little hipster neighborhoods around Cleveland because um, they don't want to live downtown and they don't want to live in the suburbs. So it's creating this really cool um, neighborhoods that are starting to pop up in Cleveland. Mm, interesting. Is that where, you, um, where you, you do a lot of your acquisitions, is the Midwest or the other areas? Yeah, Midwest and Cleveland, Ohio. So we'll do our markets are Memphis, Tennessee, Cleveland, Ohio, Birmingham, Alabama, St. Louis, Missouri. 
What are some of the um, the tips that you would give to, um, and, you know, I'm in California, and there's a lot of people here that um, have, have considered investing out of state, yeah. um, but they're kind of scared to pull the trigger. And, you know, as, you, as you're aware, the, the, the metrics in California, you have to equate, <laughs> um, you have to equate appreciation of property into it or else you're negative anyway. You can slice it to so much competition and so much money out there. Um, yeah. relative to supply of properties versus like you're not going to just buy a, a fourplex or a duplex and be cash flow po um, positive. Yeah, right. Um, I, and not, not going to happen possibly even in a, in a, um, in a really not nice area. <laughs> that being yeah. there's even competition for those dollars as you, as you, I'm sure, realized when you started doing your research. Um, yeah. What are some of the things that, um, that these out-of-state investors should keep in mind when going that route? Yeah, great question. And I think that it all depends on, like, the person's, you know, with the person's situation, right? So, like, many of our clients are people with good W-2 income, credit scores over 700, and they have 20000 bucks or more saved up in their bank account, and they're just looking for something to invest in. That's not the stock market where they can make some cash flow. And for those, for that kind of investor, I mean, turnkey real estate is probably the best situation. Um, because you're buying a property, it's cash flowing from day one. The returns are 15% or higher. Um, it only takes $20,000 to buy a house. The government's financing 80% of the transaction for you at a 5% interest rate locked in for 30 years. Um, I would just tell people to find a good turnkey provider that you can trust. Um, vet them out. Once you put a property under contract, vet out the property management company they're going to use. Um, and just make sure that if you're using a turnkey provider that, you know, they sell you the property with tenants in place and that they also will um, sell you the property for its appraised value or less. Um, a lot of companies out there are, you know, selling a $70,000 home for $90,000 and calling it a, you know, turnkey service fee. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't think that's the right way to do business. I think you make sure you're paying fair market value for the homes you buy out of state. No, that's great advice. So if somebody's listening to this, Anton, and they want more information on Martel Turnkey, uh, what's the best way for them to uh, follow up? Absolutely. So you can go to our website, martelturnkey.com. Um, if you want to hop on a phone and get on the phone with me, there's actually a link on the website, too, and you can schedule a call with me. Um, so that's a great way. My email address is also there. Um, you can also just email info at Martel Turnkey or Antoine at Martel Turnkey. Um, and then also I would recommend just checking out my Instagram profile. There's like a lot of good content that I try to post. Um, nothing salesy about it. It's all just how to invest in real estate, how I got started. Um, and then I also have a podcast as well if anybody's interested called A Millennial's Guide to Real Estate Investing. Awesome. And what kind of uh, stuff today can they expect on the podcast? And let's leave that name again because I, lo I love promoting great podcasts. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's called A Millennial's Guide to Real Estate Investing by Antoine Martel. Um, what, what I like to talk about is um, the young millennial, young professional who has maybe 20 to 50 grand has their, in their first or second job and wants to invest in real estate, doesn't want to invest in the stock market, and how they can begin investing, what are the best ways to go about investing. And then I just interview a lot of people who are millennials who have had some success in real estate in one way or another. Um, so it's really just a bunch of different stories from a bunch of different people in that millennial age bracket who are having success in real estate. And then 
I like to kind of talk about how they went from zero to one and how they did their first deal and really focus on that. Cause I think once somebody buys their first house, it really creates a snowball effect. Um, even if it's a turnkey rental, it creates a snowball effect into the second, to the third, to the fourth. Um, and then they either change or pivot their strategy. So it gets really interesting when um, we, I start to interview these people. That's awesome. Um, well, hey, Anton, I really want to thank you for coming on the show and uh, sharing your background and also your tips. And to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review, uh, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. Really appreciate it. And now, uh, Anton, thanks again for coming on the show.